following program may contain coarse language, suggestive dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Welcome to the Tsunami Faithful Podcast. I am your host this week, Paul Pascrillo, and with me this week I have... Oh, uh, hey everybody, it's GTZ here. I'm going to put you in your room. <laughs> and then I'm going to lock you in the room with Darrell. What if I enjoy that? I, you've ruined it already. And, and who else do we have today? your favorite cat happy kuro kitty the one laughing in the background as per the usual mm-hmm. and it's just us three today i decided to bring the rookies along so this will be an interesting show party with the boss yo yes, we're just gonna burn the house down <laughs> okay wait a minute now <laughs> that was too easy Is, are, are you trying to segue this in, in, in the wrong way is that what you're trying to do v lord well played. no no mm-hmm. hopefully not <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean that that's 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 another hour with Jarrell in your room. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I mean, we'll add this up throughout the podcast. It's fine. Hey, don't threaten us with a good time. I don't know if you're gonna like that good time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so today we're gonna be talking about obviously the promised Neverland. But before we talk about this, and I'm sure Sketch will probably talk about this on a different podcast. But just in case, uh, a new show is announced. As usual, after we record a podcast, I hate you, Jason. Why do you do this to me? Um, so, uh, a new show got announced, and Fire Force will be coming to Toonami. And uh, it's a Funimation show. Um, it's also a show from a studio that we'll talk about in just a second. But, um, V-Lord, you and Kuro knew, know more about this, because I haven't really gotten into this yet. So, if you guys just want to... Tell the folks what it's about, what we can look forward to, that kind of thing. Lord, I'll let you take lead. Um, yeah, so uh, Fire Force is a uh, action series by the creator of Soul Eater, uh, Atsushi uh, Okubo. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, I'm sold. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you couldn't tell from the designs, it's the creator of Soul Eater. So uh, if you like Soul Eater, you're probably going to like this. Um, the general premise is, like, basically there's these creatures uh, called the Infernals, and there's this, uh, basically, a literal fire force or fire brigade of people with special powers that can control fire to some degree, and they fight these creatures that are literally things lit on fire. It's really badass, really cool. The animation's amazing. It's uh, animated by uh, David Productions, which does JoJo, and they also brought in a lot of the people from uh, Studio Shaft, which people will know from like Monogatari and Madoka Magica. So that's yeah, a solid production, and it's a really great addition to the block. Like it's a tremendous choice. One mm. of the things that 
is kind of exciting um, in terms of the level of action is how creative they're getting with the pyrotechnics, for lack of a better term. I've only seen the first episode subbed, but uh, the main character, I think, who will be the main character, was alighting things with his feet. So I'm very excited to see how they will use this power creatively you know, throughout the animation. And I, I, I love the uh, sort of signature style of animation that we recognize from Soul Eater. And so you know the story is going to have a lot of epic character interactions. Um, there's a, this special Fire Force Company 8. So I, I, it sets up the premise of having uh, group interactions, which is kind of exciting. Um, I'm just looking forward to it. And as you all know, I like to go into Tanami shows raw. Uh, so I'll be, I have not read the manga and I'm, I, the only reason I did get to see the first episode was, uh, AX of course, as you all know. So I'm, I'm pretty excited and I hope the rest of the listeners are excited too. It looks like it's going to be, can I say it? On fire! You're welcome. Oh God. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a good show. Uh, but obviously with this show comes a little issue that we've run into. Um, and, uh, it comes from what's the name of the anime studio again? Uh, Kyoto animation also commonly known in the anime community as Kyoani. And, uh, as we know, unfortunately they, they had some tragedy here. Uh, what was it last week? Um, and pretty much the building is in ruins and god i i think it's 33 people are dead maybe more it was initially 33 and then it went up to 34 so plus uh, 30 plus injured so it's it's a really huge travesty it's i think one of the biggest mass killings since world war ii in japan which that's why it's such a huge deal internationally it's been all over the news it's yeah. Really, really traumatizing. Yeah. The way that I heard was actually in the morning. I listened to the BBC and it was, it shocked me when I heard the BBC talking about an animation studio. Uh, so you know that this made big headlines. Um, and kind of the amazing thing is, you know, aside from this horrible tragedy and how, how really sad and awful it was to see all this unfold as the news kind of reveal the numbers was that the community the anime community on social media just had this outpouring of support and and feelings and sadness and and there's just so much and you know with all the divisive topics that go on through social media in our community seeing all these people gather together and just really show a force of of love and 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 saying what their animation that what their favorite show was or their production and 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 just expressing grief at, at the lives lost even if they hadn't watched any of the shows even the other productions it was um it, it was really touching and it was really inspiring to me personally and, and i know that that doesn't negate the sadness but it was certainly something that right i felt yeah. yeah, I mean, seeing the anime community come together in this kind of time of need is just kind of really heartwarming. Like, uh, Sentai Filmworks put up a GoFundMe to help the 
relief effort with Joanne and it's bearing two million dollars, which is insane. Yeah. And like just all the articles, including our own, that came out just talking about everyone's love for QAnon and the work they've done is just so great to see. I was reading a few today and they're just so heartwarming. Yeah. So I mean it's it's been a really good thing to see the anime community come together. Um we've this is probably the best way for an anime community to come together. And I mean that I don't mean it in the way that people think that I mean it in. I mean it in the fact that if a tragedy happens, this is when the anime community should be should be coming together. Absolutely. I get I get what you mean. Absolutely. You know, and and the thing is is and I don't want to really go into that, but there are some things that you really shouldn't donate to and this is definitely one of those things and I'm very <laughs> I, you get where I'm going with this. Okay. So, yes, very much so. So, I mean, this is this is very it's very heartwarming to see like the anime community come together because there are there is some device, divisiveness in the community and I feel like this has kind of been one of the things to bring everybody together. Um as far as Fire Force goes because obviously they're the one that's animating it. Uh, we don't know exactly what's going on with that at the moment. Um, so a little correction there. Kyoto Animation is not the one animating Fire Force. The reason that we're having issues with Fire Force in relation to this is because Fire Force involves like literal fire and oh, okay. individuals burning. Yeah. So, right. so this is this is a thing. Topic. So like uh, w- this has been a common thing just with anime and, and other entertainment in Japan, when a mass travesty or event like this happens, say earthquakes or bombings or stuff like that, related media that could be tangentially affiliated or cause audience to remember those events do tend to get delayed. So as a result of this travesty, Fire Force has to basically be delayed for God knows how long. Hmm. And I, from my perspective, I don't think Fire Force is going to get like canceled or anything because it's a very huge production for all the companies involved in it. But it does bring up an issue of whether Tanami will be able to continue airing it. Right. Because right now, only two episodes have aired in Japan. And it's unlikely that Funimation will be allowed to release the episodes past that, even if David Productions is already finished with the episodes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what's going on. I mean, I'm sure that Toonami wouldn't just throw it on the air if they weren't able to play some of these at least several episodes. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe the English dub goes on and just the Japanese dub uh, stays out there until maybe a month or two from now you know we'll, we'll have yeah. to see we'll have to see what happens with that and that's what i was trying to say actually i meant i didn't mean it the way that i said it that that yeah the studio burning down was the reason why i, I i'm losing my mind tonight yeah um, no no we got you it was because of the taboo topic and and right. my thought is that while the you know conceptually sure it does seem a little inappropriate to think okay fire and it's being used in this super awesome way but at the same time if you think about 
like this is a concept that you see a lot through animation. Even think like Avatar: The Last Airbender or any any kind of animation that they have a fire element uh, power. It is both a positive and a negative. It brings life and you know it brings death, unfortunately, and and is it is its contradictory nature is what makes it so fascinating to humans and so as far as managing the expectations of the viewer i think that the uh people at tsunami can effectively neutralize any taboo topic on this by issuing a message and saying something about you know their their the loss and the tragedy and why they understand that this might be sensitive and say if anyone wishes to avoid it etc but also like you know make maybe make a reference to the to the positive mess messaging by crunchyroll or maybe the positive um messaging from sentai something i think they could spin this in a way that they understand that it is taboo and uh, have us be able to still enjoy it I would hope that they'd be able to do that too. And if not, they can always throw on a couple of marathons. I know everyone bitches about it, but I don't mind a marathon. No, and, and you know, I mean, we have we have Gen Lock, which is coming August sixth. Um, they still haven't really announced a time for that. Which I mean, we kind of assume it's just going to take over Attack on Titans time slot. But who knows? They may move something up. They may move something down. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, they just get another show until Fire Force can be aired again. Like, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like Jason said on Twitter, they'll just see what happens and roll with it. Yeah. And I think that's the best idea. Jason, right. if you're listening to us, we gave you some good ideas and we love you. Keep keep doing your stuff. <laughs> He's not so, listening. Oh, no, he does listen every once in a while. Um, so what, what is the, what's, where can they go to donate again? I know you guys yeah. have been up to date on this, so. At Sentai, if you go to Sentai Filmworks, they have a GoFundMe page and, uh, Crunchyroll has a send your message of support to Sentai and Funimation has, um, a list of different Sentai Filmworks that they're they're posting if you would rather support that way so the three big names that you know came to mind and, and we posted links in our article um, if you're interested in just checking those out there's options for those who feel like donating or, or are able to donate and you can always just share that always helps because you never know there might be one person out of the 12 people that see or, or 40 people or 100 people that will donate or share as well. So uh, there's a lot of potential there. Please check out those links. Check out those those uh, check out those those uh, references I made. And apparently, Jarell attacked V Lord. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. That's what um, happens when you're in a room alone with Jarell. Yes. He just sneaks up sneaks up on you sometimes. Like it'll just be the middle of the night, and he'll just be there with a machete. You just kind of have to accept it. It's like, yeah, this is life. You made it I'm going to die now. <laughs> so if you guys want to read the article that these guys did, um, it's up on TsunamiFaithful.com. And they told you where you can basically donate or send your well wishes. So please do that if you guys want to. So, but, uh, so we are here for the Promised Neverland. So uh, we'll be talking about that in just a sec. But every show needs to have its own proper intro so 
Let's get into the promised Neverland right now. All right, so I'm going to let one of you guys go first because what I have to say will go last. So ladies first. I mean, I oh, guess we'll be, we'll, we'll be proper. Ladies first. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> that way she doesn't smack me or kill me or do something. <sighs> I would never use my craw for harm. You might use I'm... your cats, though, so I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to try to piss you off. Echo Mata mode. You know how it goes. All right. Well, the floor is uh, yours. <laughs> Well, I watched this raw, meaning um, I did not, I, I had a sort of premonition that I might see this on Toonami, so I did not watch it beforehand. So every episode was fresh and equally traumatic, but equally um, suspenseful. Um, what I, my, my, my initial impressions were you have this idyllic setting and these children and they're all happy, but, you know, maybe it's the adult and uh, knowledge of the world in me, but I immediately was suspicious. And I had some inkling from just general references what was going on in the background, like what, what I would see. But then the first episode at the end, when you see what actually is happens to the children, w- was still pretty shocking and horrific. And it, 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 was, it was a little bit like, what, what was another intro that was just, it just shocked you into it. I, there's probably maybe Kira. I, I don't know. There's a few. Yeah. But, you, you know, seeing then seeing how things play out, you know, that the subtle manipulations between the children and the adults were really interesting to watch. I was really compelled by how intelligent are these children? How much are they able to outwit it? These very experienced adults and how much are these adults sort of expecting it? You know, you, you go in knowing just enough, but to, to keep you coming back, but not enough to know what everybody's internal motives are. And it starts to make you suspicious as the viewer, you know, there's a part of me that sort of suspected Ray. Um, and I, Oh, I should have mentioned, you know, I'm assuming everybody has watched it, but Emma, I was, I was going to say basically, you know, if anybody's listening to this, like, there may be some spoiler spoilers, so spoiler alert if you're spoiler bombshells. Right. If you haven't seen any of the episodes, this is a spoiler alert, so I don't want to hear it, okay? <laughs> yeah. Continue. The characters the, the the main characters of Emma and, and and Ray and Norman are really fascinating because they have this uh, complementary way of, of their skills interacting. You know, they're their innocence and their intelligence, their way of working things out. And it actually made me wonder if in this isolated situation, are children capable of this? Are, are children capable of working things out? And and humans in general in these isolated horrific scenarios are pretty, are pretty smart. So I, I felt really like 
I was rooting for them not just because they were the main characters, but because I could see that they might be able to figure it out, even with everything working against them. So it was that made it really it made it really interesting, and it also made it really scary to watch because you, every episode you're thinking like something's going to slip up, someone's going to figure it out, or someone's going to going to turn them in, or, or something. Um, it, it made for great suspense, and it was fascinating to have this on Toonami with no, essentially no action. That's just my initial thoughts, and I'll let you guys take it from there. And we'll, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Go ahead, V-Lord. Okay. It's your turn. Yeah, sure. So I was the one who wrote, like, the basically the preview article for Neverland before it started on Toonami. And, like, like I mentioned in there, Neverland, even for Shonen Jump standards, is very out there. Like, uh, the writer for it, uh, Kai Ushirai, came into the manga industry with no real prior experience. And that's why Neverland itself doesn't really fit into any real genre or category necessarily. It has elements of action, it has elements of thriller, elements of horror but it all just kind of blends together. And that's what's so fascinating about it. Like, I've, I've been a fan of the series since really the very beginning, since the manga first came out, like, mm-hmm. geez, 2016. And, like, since day one, it just continues to impress me because you never really know what to expect. It has these, like, fantastic battle of the minds of sorts especially in like the stuff covering the anime between like emma ray and norman and uh uh the mom uh, isabella yeah it's just such an interesting conflict and compared to a lot of the shows on tanami where we're just kind of like having these straight up fights to resolve issues they have to like really think strategically of how to defeat their opponent especially since their enemies are still very much a unknown to them. They don't know what the demons really are. They don't know how strong they are, how to even defeat them. Their only real strategy is staying alive. And they have to center all their choices around that. And it's just so interesting. Um, I guess as far as the anime goes, there are issues i have with it at times like uh i'm not re i'm not really comfortable with how they handled uh sister crone um i, I feel like at times it was very kind of uh character-esque yeah she scared the shit out of me really and it wasn't until her last episode that you see anything beyond her being a scary bitch Sorry, excuse my language. <laughs> yeah, which I kind of have a problem with because in the uh, original manga, they kind of portray her more as this kind of ominous figure that's supposed to rival Isabel in a way. But they, I feel like they kind of demean her character at times by trying to have those like uh, weird psycho monologues that she has with that doll of hers. That would have been interesting to see what you're describing in terms of the manga. Yeah, like, a lot of those, like, rants are done in her mind, except they're more meticulously thought out. It's kind of her thing, oh, this is what the kids are planning. 
let me deceive them this way while also screwing over Isabella. And it just creates this, like, third enemy for them, which was really cool. But I didn't really ever feel that she was a genuine threat in the anime, which was kind of disappointing. Mm. I I, I will say, I do feel like she was... I don't want to say misused. I want to say like kind of just a waste of time. I will say that if the, if there's something I'm looking for, like that I didn't like about the series, that's probably the only thing I didn't like is because I felt like there wasn't really a use for her because yeah, she was there and yeah, she was, you know, she was a bad person, but she was also like, Okay, what was the what was the ultimate point of this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like were you were you trying to like indicate like, oh, even the adults can get killed? Is that where we were trying yeah, to go with was, this? What was her overall contribution to the storyline? I see what you're saying. No, yeah, and, but I don't like, think it also I will also say this though, I don't think it took away from the story. I'll be honest. Like the part that the part that it really stuck out to me was actually her death scene, which I think is my least favorite part of the anime, simply because it's it just feels so lifeless in a way. Because the one thing I feel Neverland usually excels at is that it makes you afraid of what it doesn't show. Yes. While that scene, it like they basically just kill Crone right there blatantly and just kind of dwell on it, which is a drastic change from. Uh, what the manga did, where it is kind of, you see the demon behind her, and then it goes to black. And I feel like that it was a directorial choice by uh, Mamoru Kanbei, who is kind of known for a lot of uh, more horror-focused anime, so he tried to reinterpret Neverland at times to be more about those kind of gory horror scenes, which doesn't really work at times, I feel. Well... Mm -hmm. I mean, I think if we're talking about the same episode, I think we're talking about, I think that episode also set up for the ending of season one because it kind of got you thinking, okay, well, if this is what some of the females go through that actually live, that go through and become mothers, because at that point we really didn't know like what they meant by mothers, quote unquote. And then you kind of got an idea of what that was all about. That added to the storyline. And then once once you get to the, the end of it, you see, okay, now I'm understanding what's going on. Okay, so this is making more sense to me. You know what I mean? So that part made sense. But I also think that maybe he threw that in there to kind of say, hey, look, the adults can die too. Don't, don't think that it's just the kids. Don't think that they're going to just kill these kids and take their... I don't know, life essence, essence? Is that what we're going with here? I don't know. But They want yeah. their organs. Oh, really? I thought it was like their life es- essence or something. They, they, they like eat their brains. It was unclear about that as well. It was, yeah. a, it was a little ambiguous and it made it extra horrifying. Yeah. I mean, it didn't, it didn't really, in the anime, I know that, I know, obviously, the manga probably clarifies this a lot more. But in the anime, just by looking at the anime, you're kind of like, are we taking life essence from these people? What are we doing here? Because, I mean, you see like this shrivel up body and you see like this beautiful flower that just bloomed out of them. 
So my thought was, okay, so somehow they're taking whatever, their life essence. essence I can't speak. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think maybe maybe they changed that too, maybe, as well. Be lord I don't know. Yeah, so, like, the whole flower thing is a much bigger motif in the manga where there there are, like, nightmare sequences at times where, like, Norman or Emma will, like, have, like, a traumatizing, like, uh, kind of vision of sorts of all their friends dying, and they have these roses, like, sprouting from their hearts, which is basically just supposed to represent them being dead. You know, but... It's interesting you bring that up because I noticed in each episode, at some point you see some floral motif. I I, I can't, and I, I'll have to go back specifically to to, to put a, 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 my finger on the scenes, but it is something that comes up a lot, and I wonder if there's a connection between when those appear and what the theme is. Like, there's a lot of subtlety going on in this animation which kind of adds to the beauty of it you know and what yeah. you said all too about adults being at risk like that's really poignant you know we think we see these children and we realize they're being farmed but, but there's something greater going on here who's giving birth to these children you know how are they how are they breeding them what happens to the adults how far do do they grow up to be adults and so you see you see another one appear and she has her own story and then she dies. So it 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 adds an extra element of sinister to this world that's created here. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, feel one thing the story really emphasizes is that uh no one is safe from like the demons. Everyone yeah. is fighting to exactly. save the, their themselves basically. Um Isabella is her name, right? The mother? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, I, I want to make sure that I wasn't losing my mind. Um, yeah. So the one thing that I that is going to be interesting to see with season two, and it, it seems like Isabella may have like some sort of, I don't want to say agreement, but some kind of understanding with the demons where she's able to survive. I mean, even at the end, it kind of really surprised me. And I'll get into that in a minute with my with when I talk. But yeah. Um, it kind of surprised me that she had she said the words "I'm trying to survive too," or yeah. you know what I mean, like something along those lines. And I'm like, "Huh, okay, but then why were you a bitch?" <laughs> like I'm just yeah, like I'm so like that's I'm a like, good point. Let's talk about that. The adult role in this world, you have adults who were children, presumably at some point on these farms who are making the choice to continue the cycle. Imagine what kind of trauma or manipulations they have all gone through to twist them so much that they're willing to sacrifice in order to, what, stay alive or continue the cycle? It, it really gives you a sense of how truly wicked everything is that's going on behind the scenes here. And, and it, it kind of makes you, you know... The whole Wizard of Oz theme, like, don't see the man behind the curtain. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Because she's, she's, a, she's a person, obviously, from the flashback you see of, of Krona, she was at one point in these training centers or in a, a child herself in an orphanage. Yeah. As Krona was. They both made choices to continue doing this. So they know what's going to happen. They, it, 
it really adds to to the feeling of, of suspense and 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 it, it freaks you out a lot too like like yeah. what what makes an adult make that choice yeah what I, what I find so interesting about isabella specifically is that in the flashback they show that she actually tried to escape like emma and the others did but she couldn't do it she couldn't manage to escape because she thought it was impossible after she saw like the cliff outside the orphanage so it's kind of interesting that she was like basically another route emma could have gone down emma could have just stayed at the orphanage become a mom and then repeated this cycle like kuro was mentioning but instead they both diverged on different paths and became enemies essentially Hmm. well i mean i i can't say that I can't say that she they became enemies, so to speak. I think they she was I think Isabella all along was pretty much just trying to protect herself. And at the end the last the last episode kind of gives you that like okay, maybe she was being a bitch because okay, she's trying to keep herself alive. And I think also and this is kind of an interesting thought, you know, and again, I'll get into more of this um, later is that, you know, by her still having some of those kids, I think that that buys her more time as well because, okay. Oh, I didn't think of that. Because think about it. If you think about it, like Isabella, somebody's going to be having to take care of these kids and what's going to happen. These demons are going to come in and like kill her and just replace her. No, they're going to, they're going to sit there and go, Listen, this this fucking happens again. You're dead, <laughs> that kind of thing. So, yeah. and and that's going to be the interesting thing too, because again, it, the, is the manga done yet, Philor, or is it still going? The manga is on its final arc, but okay. it still has a little bit of a ways to go. My my thing is going to be, what are what are they going to do to prevent? Um, Emma from coming back to get the other kids. Now they don't know that she's going to do that. And I don't think Isabella knows that they're going to do that because I think maybe she just thought, well, screw it. They're just, they're getting whoever they can and going. Um, but my thing is, is are they going to be ready if, if when they come back, because Emma said she's going to come back and get those kids. Like I'm wondering if they're going to be able to, to do that. Um, I'm gonna. It's gonna be very interesting to see if they try to fix something too, because, you know, something tells me that it's not gonna be as easy to cross back over as it was to cross from. Uh, should we just say oh, the ranch? The ranch. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what to call it. The ranch. Oh. I don't know. It's so soiling green. I just I couldn't handle it. Yes, I made the reference. Everyone was thinking it. I mean, and it's I mean, chicken run too. I mean, but... it's not. I mean, it's not as green as DBZ Kai, but you know, whatever. Hey, we're we're talking. Yeah. Oh, like, so, damn. so if you haven't seen Soiling Green, I'm not going to give it away for you listeners, but definitely see it. It's a it's a pretty it's pretty intense set. Of, it's a pretty intense film, but it's but like it it does give you that essence of like instead of instead of giving it at the end of the film they give it you right off but it doesn't lessen the suspense and that's what kind of makes it amazing because there's still so many questions you have you know right off this isn't what you think it is but you're not finished exploring what else 
this mystery has to offer and what other ways like this situation can change overall you know yeah. all i'll say about the future stuff is that you're not going to guess what happens it's going to be very unexpected very interesting and it's going to keep you on the edge of your seat yeah. <laughs> well i'm i'm pretty sure that we'll probably see and they, they do they did this with my hero academia and i'm sure they'll do this with this that this will probably be a 24 episode kind of season coming up i would hope so hopefully we'll maybe because the manga because the manga is so close to ending i could just see them finishing it up like uh, all i mean I, I think they'll probably cut anything short though that yeah. we've seen in the past that doesn't work and it gets messy you cut yeah. things out too much i i think that i i feel like this could be a couple seasons of episodes honestly but we'll, yeah. we'll see what's going on was was there anything else that you wanted to add v lord before i get into this um not really i'm interested to hear what you say me too well i guess we'll here paul well, let's just start off the bat with the with something that you know. If you guys were paying attention to my Twitter, um, you probably saw. Uh, I've only said this once about one show, and there again, I will I will preface this by saying, this is so far, because obviously there's going to be more seasons of this at some point. So, and keep in mind, this is not going to be in my top ten until the series is over, even if it does get to there. But, um. This is probably the second. This is the second best show that Tsunami has added to, added to the plot since it's coming come on Adult Swim. That's bold. Um, I'm guessing the first one's Parasite. Parasite's the first one, correct? Parasite. Good choice. Great, but that is a, a, a deviant. We will not change it. And, and here's the thing. Here's here's what's weird. Both of those are pretty much horror type anime. So it's kind of like, huh. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> so, um, but you know, for me, for me, Promise Neverland has been, uh, it's, it's actually been a very interesting series. I, I didn't know if I was going to like it based on what people had told me, but after seeing all 12 episodes, I can, I can definitely tell you that I don't drop that being the second best show that's come on Adult Swim, or I should say on Toonami if it's not a really good show, at least in my opinion. So, so I, I would say like with the promise Neverland, what really, what really stuck out to me was number one, the pacing of this anime. I mean, you're, you're sitting here with a 12 episode series and there's so many ways that you can kind of fuck this up in a bad way. I actually felt like this pacing and the way that they did it, and I have to give this to the director for doing it this way, like, it wasn't rushed. It was done in a way that you went, okay, this isn't being rushed and we're getting everything in, but it's also allowing for uh, context, story, and space. Um, so I've kind of talked about, like, kind of the bad part with Sister Corona. Um, mm. Obviously, I mean, and by the way, when I say bad part, I, I, I'm not stressing that a lot. I'm, I'm just saying that if I have to pick something bad out of it, that's the bad part. I so the of, disappointing part, basically. Yeah, the, the, ah. yeah, I wouldn't even go disappointing. I mean, it, it wasn't anything that kind of affected me. It didn't just, ruin it. It didn't ruin it. 
it, it just at looking back at it, I'm like, okay, well, this definitely was kind of useless. So, um, I would say the biggest surprise was from the last episode, and what's his name is her son. I I just I, I kind of yeah, Ray, Ray is 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 her son, and I'm just like. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, so, so not only were you a bitch to everybody, but you were a piece of crab to your son. Did she know? No, did she, she know? Did. She yeah, did. Yeah, like Ray straight up like admits that. Yeah, he knows that they're related, and I think that's why Isabella gave Ray all those special permissions as her proxy. It makes more sense. Yeah, it, it, it all just kind of comes together. Yeah, that I mean, it made more sense. Okay. But and and that was the thing, like yeah, Ray was kind of like a, a double agent, so to speak. But we also kind of found out that Ray was more like, yeah, I'm a double agent, but it's because I want everybody to live and get out of here because I've seen so many horrors. And that's the thing, like, what what didn't make sense to me was, and maybe that's going to be something interesting to find out. And I, I'm guessing it's probably not in the manga, but. Um, with with her like not sending him out to be eaten or whatever it is you know that part's confusing um it's ray just basically was he really even gonna get sent out is my question uh, yeah my thought as well when i, I watched the last I, I was episode. sitting there thinking to myself i'm like is he really going to be sent out because i felt like even though it was you know there was a date set and she said it was going to happen. I kind of felt like after seeing that scene, I was like, wait a minute. Would she have actually sent her son out? Because I feel like she felt like he was going to try to escape anyways. So, and out of all the kids... I have a feeling if she had to send him out, it would be what ha- it would be like something similar to what happened to Norman, as we see. Right, I think that's true. Things are not as we see yes and that's that's the thing i mean we'll talk about that in a minute too as well but um when it comes to ray um it was interesting that he was just basically on the point of i'm just gonna kill myself because there's no point to where like and you know i i kind of feel like he felt that because you know okay and and again that that scene made more sense now now that you know okay she's his kid that's that's her kid Isabella's kid like you're sitting here going okay so now you you backtrack and you go okay so now he thinks she's a psycho and he's she's really gonna send him out I mean oh god I need to do something I'm just gonna kill myself so they can't have me get what I'm saying so maybe that 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 kind of makes sense maybe that's why he kind of lost his mind he was gonna do that um but I feel like that was his plan from the enti- like the entire time though. Like he never intended to like let them eat him. He was yeah. going to like kill himself and burn his body so that he could get the last laugh. Yeah, I mean I, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Um but I um it, it just makes a lot more sense about some of the things that were going on to why Ray was, you know, doing some of those things and why Ray was getting certain things because, you know, Hey, Ray was 
her son. So he, he um, was brilliant, and and you can tell like this might be a product of of ages of breeding. You know these as they do these, these testing on these right. children. Right, and that Pull that leads me that leads me to a, another thing. It's like you sit here and you see, um, <laughs> you. You see her, you know, they, they show the flashback of her and as she was um, doing, you know, as she was becoming a mother and then she got pregnant. And I'm sitting there going, huh. So if they're if they're if they're training the moms to be mothers of multiple children and maybe even possibly themselves, is she is are the men maybe just there to. As sperm donors, I mean, I, I hate to say it that way, but think about it. I mean, what what's the? I mean, obviously, maybe there'll be some more context of that. And V Lord, I don't want you to spoil that for me, but he's laughing in the background. Yeah, I'll just say that there definitely is going to be a lot of context don't about uh, that. Okay, well, don't tell any. Don't sell me. So, um, I bet you it is pretty wicked like there's a part of me it's you know i no, i'm not gonna say what i think <laughs> i feel like it's this is not so what you're dark. expecting okay this, is, this feels like a lot darker you know with the fact that they don't say what happens to the men it really makes me kind of question what is the man behind the curtain what happens to the men what's their role in all of this like there's something really twisted beyond what we know you know, the fact that they're willing to reveal the demon part so quickly just makes me think that, that that's the truth, that there is something else. And yeah. It really makes me want to watch more as, as scary as it is. You know? yeah. I've really been looking for forward to your guys' reactions to season two. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know if I want to know. Um, So let, let's talk about, like, Norman. I mean, Norman yeah. obviously was pretty much, like, he pretty much saved all of them. Um, and it it makes me laugh when people put out stuff from the, from the manga. That's not true. Um, because we all know, I mean, anime has done this with other characters as well. So, I mean, this isn't the first time, but obviously we're all thinking that Norman's alive. Um, because he didn't get led like the little girl did. And then, you know, Sister Krona just basically was, they just basically cornered her and said, die, bitch. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that's, I mean, we're pretty much sure that that's going to happen. That's going to be an interesting part of it to see how, what his part will be and what that'll end up being. Um, and I mean, he, he pretty much was the one that saved them. I mean, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have gotten over the wall, um, and I think that was an integral part of getting to that last episode and being able to do what they did. I was, I'm going to be honest with you. I was really surprised that they didn't take all the kids, but it made sense. Um, just because the little kids couldn't, um, couldn't go. And what, what's the, what's the, the, the little kid's name? Um, you mean best boy, Phil? Oh uh, yes. Yeah. Phil, like I'm sitting there going, I'm like, he's going to be more intelligent than Emma and Norman and Ray. I feel like, because he's already picking up on this, this stuff already. And I feel like he's going to be one of those intelligent kids that, you know, because he, he immediately got, he's like, no, 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 I got this. Don't worry about it. 
I'm like, I'm like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, well, all right. He kept popping up in, in places. So, you know, I was, I was wondering, like, it's very convenient. He, he must, he must be in hindsight, seeing how he popped up all over the place. Like you kind they of do a really good job of foreshadowing and knowing everything. Yeah, he definitely. I mean, he definitely knows like everything that's going on, whether they want to tell him or not. And I'm sure he knows more than what they told him, honestly. So, um, that that scene of Phil crying just like breaks my heart. Yeah, but I mean, he's gonna play. I can see he's gonna probably play a, a part in when they. Uh, when they go back to get the kids. So that'll be interesting. Um, and, uh, and I'm sure they won't ship out any kids anytime soon because they're all young. So I hope not. That'll just make it weird. I mean, no, I mean, I, I, I get the feeling that the demons can't like, it's, it's kind of like pointless for them to eat them before a certain age. So, or whatever, collect their life essence or whatever the hell it is. I have no idea. That part is they so said, confusing. Yeah, they said between 6 and 12. I guess they don't really tell us at this point for season 1 why that age is so uh, right. important. Right. And well, I, didn't I they think... explain that it's like the maturity of like the brain? Like they, I think I think so, they yeah. did that earlier that yeah, they just, when they're like researching. That, that doesn't actually make any sense what they're well, saying. So, That's a weird demon thing, I guess. So here's the thing. like, The one thing that I noticed, and I think this might be true, is if they have lower scores, they may go out sooner. Because maybe they want to... And you can see this with Norman, you can see this with Ray, and you can see this with Emma. They were keeping them there for a while. I mean, the, the little girl went out, I, I don't remember how old she was, I think she was 9 or 10, and they sent her, sent her out, and she got killed immediately. So, if they're not saving her, then obviously there's a reason why they, they ate her, but, and we're, we're assuming that they kept Norman, there's a reason they kept Norman. And, you know, Obviously, Emma was going to be given the chance to be a mother. So, again, do you see what I'm saying? Like, there's a there's a yeah, theme to this. Yeah, I think they I mean, the intelligent ones to be breeders and continuation of the farm, and the farm right. is for the ones who were not intelligent enough to sustain this. Exactly. That's yeah, what I'm thinking. Because they they killed Connie so young because she had the lowest test scores. So like. They assume that her potential would be less, which would mean her brain is worth less, so they can just kill her now and it'd be fine. Yeah, so that's that's where I, I think that's the theme of this. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of this comes together. I'm, I'm kind of more interested to see the world. I, I you know, I, I know you guys are interested about the whole, you know, breeding and all that. I'm more interested in the world that's going on outside of those walls like is it filled with demons is it full is it is it demons and humans have they come to some kind of agreement you know Copy what I, mean? that. I do too yeah. so we, we've yeah. only hit the tip of the iceberg with the world of neverland yeah. uh, or, it's or only gonna get more interesting now or, that they're outside or my favorite the, the thing that i said to somebody the other day my favorite thing is, is i i wonder if this is the village <laughs> 
Yeah, you know what? It's really that's oh that's God. a funny thing because I was thinking too. There's there's so much more mystery here to unravel, and just like well, with the tax. I mean, I imagine thought. this. Imagine this. Like Emma and them are outside of the wall, and then they have to go over one more fence. Let's say, and then all of a sudden, there's the modern world. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like. What if that's what it is, but maybe it's just filled with demons? I mean, that that would be kind of funny, and I would laugh my ass off if they did the village. I would be so fucking hilarious. That would be so fucking hilarious. So, um, but um, and then you know, uh, the one other thing that I wanted to say real quick is like with Emma, like how she was able to in silence continue to train these kids, get them on board, and get all that taken care of for the last episode and they she even she even was able to stop ray from killing himself because norman knew that all this was going to happen and i just thought it was it was really it was it was just so awesome to see all that and the biggest surprise obviously was with isabella being like oh run guys you know run get uh get your freedom I knew she would, she would, you know, buckle. I had a feeling. Well, I mean, it it made more sense when all of a sudden now you know that she's Ray's actual mother. You're like, whoa, wait a minute here. <laughs> and here's 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 another question: like, who is the father? Because I I would love to know who the father of of who the father is going to be. And if and it, I mean, it seems like they all have separate. They have to have all separate dads. I can't see them having the same dad. Unless they're playing genetics here, you know, like, oh, it's the same dad, but we're going to change the color of of this kid's hair and we're going to color, we're going to have them have this color eyes. Now, if that shit's going on, that's some fucked up crazy shit. I'm just sitting here with a smile on my face. Oh, God, I hope I'm not, I hope I'm not right. You manga reading person. You manga reading bastard. Yes, I I think that Ray might have been my favorite character and while I, I did love all of the nuances of, of Emma you know who you think is just a silly happy child like she's high score for a reason so yeah. she's obviously brilliant and Norman is a strategist to the heart but but Ray you know the deviance that he he has I, I can relate to that it is very uh, it's very cat like and it's oh of course you're gonna mention cat like <laughs> I have to. She has to stay on brand. I do. I do. He he's he's his, he has his own method of of strategic thinking and planning and manipulation and while it does seem very sinister, you know, when you look back in hindsight, everything he does is to a greater purpose. He really had yeah. to think through when he was by himself and he was carrying this alone. It was such a great burden, so he had to he had to really think through what was the best way to let it all play out, you know, and and what was the best way to keep himself and his friends safe. So, I, I have a, a huge admiration for him as a character, and I really I really love seeing how he you see sort of the ups and downs, and 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 I yeah he was definitely my favorite, and that doesn't mean I didn't love the other characters in no way, shape or form, but I I liked Ray the most. For that reason. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm very interested to see when we'll get, we'll get new episodes of Promised Neverland. 
you know, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that we will get it sooner than later because I would love to see what's going to happen next. And I would love to see how the director takes this film. And by the way, one last thing, like bang zoom, I believe was the one that, that dubbed this. Um, they did a really good job. Um, got to give it to them for that. Um, and I am just, I'm very happy with this, with this series. Um, it definitely caught me off guard and maybe that's why it's, it's one of those shows that, I just went, okay, this is definitely going to be my number two. Um, but, you know, I'm interested to see if this show will continue to be as good as it is. And I will also, I'm also interested to see if, you know, this will end up in my top ten uh, tsunami shows of all time. Because, you know, that will be interesting. So, but anything else you guys wanted to add? Um, I'm just really happy that this uh show came to the block. I mean, like I said, I was been a huge fan of uh, Promise Neverland for a long time now, so it's just cool to see it like be exposed to a wider audience. Um, I think the only other time I'm gonna feel this excited is when uh, Demon Slayer uh, premieres in the fall because that's like my baby. But, yeah, I feel like yeah. that's gonna be that's gonna be probably Super's replacement, honestly. So we'll see. I mean, it's deserving because Demon Slayer is amazing. How many episodes if you is like that Neverland? Supposed to have? Mm-hmm. How many episodes is that supposed to have? Uh, twenty six. Is that just for now, or are they supposed to make more as well? Just for now, they'll hmm. probably make more though, because it's hmm. doing really well. I mean, I'll just, I'll just use, I'll just use CJ's quote from the last podcast and say, "Do you want money?" <laughs> yep. We should have just named it that. Ep- we should have just named that episode "Do You Want Money" instead of uh, "Departure." I'm surprised you guys You're didn't name it that. that. Though they've been picking bombshell shows, like I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed with the lineup and the lineup that's coming. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Obviously, we've gone into this a little bit more in detail, but I mean, they got seven anime series, including Blade Runner, that's coming. So, I mean, that partnership with Crunchyroll is is making bank. So, don't don't just think that that Netflix is doing it because Toonami is doing it as well. And they're doing it to the best they can. I'm enjoying every second of it, and I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna try and get panicky or or worried or anything like that. I'm just gonna watch when I can, record when I can, and, and love all the series they put out there because it's it's such a great exposure to things that, you know, unless you, you have three or four different uh, subscriptions, you wouldn't be able to cover all these series, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really exciting to see all this on Toonami. I'm, I'm enjoying it. So, yeah, there, um, there's no need to hit the panic button, basically. No, I mean, I mean, they they said they had plans till twenty twenty one. I think that's gonna go. That's just been blown out of the water at this point. So, um, don't be surprised if Toonami goes over eleven years. I I foresee this being on the air, uh, and God willing, this website will be around for <laughs> for just as long. So we'll do what we can to help in that aspect. Toonami until twenty fifty. Mm. I, I mean, have a. Yeah, my my only last thought about before we we close out uh, about Promise Neverland is that 
to me, this series read like a novel. I could have picked up a book, no pictures, no animation, and, and, and read this story and been just as compelled to turn the page as I did to watch the next episode. And that's pretty amazing because not all series translate that well from literature to animation. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see what comes next. I'm, I am, you know, totally enraptured by the suspense, the mystery as usual, and very compelled by the character development here. So that's, that's my final input on Promise Neverland. All right. Um, well, guys, uh, if you guys have any comments out there that are listening to this podcast, if you guys have any comments about the Promise Neverland, uh, don't be a stranger. Just go ahead and tweet us at Toonami Podcast on Twitter or uh, if you're on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Toonami Faithful Podcast. Uh, you know, leave us a comment and let us know what you think of um, The Promise Neverland. Uh, you can use hashtag Toonami Talkback as well. And just make sure you tag us and we will talk to you through that. So, um, But it's uh, time to get on out of here. So first of all, as usual, like I just said, um, you can follow us on Twitter at Toonami Podcast. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Toonami Faithful Podcast. Um, you can listen to us everywhere pretty much. So we're on SoundCloud, obviously. Um, SoundCloud has all of our episodes at soundcloud.com slash Toonami Faithful Podcast. So please do follow us there. But we are also on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on pretty much every single podcast app that you can think of. Um, and we're also on Spotify, which I'm very happy about. So if you listen to all your podcasts on Spotify, that is where you should listen to us. So uh, please tune in to us there. Uh, we also have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. If you guys can help us out and donate, you'll get to see all of our content, including possibly a Kuro-type podcast coming soon. Uh, we're working on that, so we'll, we'll see ben. when that happens. So uh, that'll be like a Patreon kind of exclusive thing, but there'll be also a way for you to kind of possibly uh watch that as well not watch it listen to it as well and uh lastly if you want to email us it's podcast at tunamifaithful.com so please do one of those things and help us out and follow us and like us so yeah but uh let's get on out of here v lord where can they find you the people can find me on twitter at v um, and then you can find my more uh, manga-focused content over on all-comic.com. And then, of course, my Tanami-focused articles are on TanamiFaithful.com. So if you're interested in checking out any of that, go to those places or hit me up on Twitter, of course. Or coming soon to Jarrell's Basement. Um, let's see. That, too. <laughs> so, uh, Kiro, where can they find you? The people can find me at uh, following on Twitter, Happy Kuro Kitty. Or you can check out the Tsunami Faithful Instagram, which I occasionally post on. Or you can check out Tsunami Faithful website, comment, like, share, email, etc. Uh, I am available there as well. All right. And as usual, you can find me on Twitter at Paul Pascrillo. Uh, if you're on our Tsunami Faithful Discord, you can at me, Paul Pascrillo. And you can email me, Paul Pascrillo, at TsunamiFaithful.com if you want to talk to me. Because... People, some, for some reason, know how to email me, and they don't even listen to this podcast. 
So, <laughs> which is so weird. So, anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. But that's it for this week's Tsunami Faithful Podcast. Peace. We're out.